August 9th. Today, as we look into the New Testament, we'll be reading from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. We'll read about separation. The background of the chapter is the Passover feast. The presence of the immoral man should have turned the feast into a funeral, but the church was boasting about the sinner instead of weeping over him. Tolerating known sin in the church is like putting leaven into the Passover feast. It does not belong. And there was celebration. Paul saw the Christian life as keeping the feast, that is, feeding on Christ, being ready to move, and being sure we are not defiled by sin. The Lamb has set us free, and we're on our way to our promised inheritance. And we'll read about isolation. Sin in the life of the believer is far worse than sin in the life of an unbeliever. We cannot isolate ourselves from the world, but we can separate ourselves from disobedient believers so that God can discipline them. And with that, we begin today's reading from the New Testament. August 9th, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. I, Paul, can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you, something so evil that even the pagans don't do it. I am told that you have a man in your church who is living in sin with his father's wife, and you are so proud of yourselves. Why aren't you mourning in sorrow and shame, and why haven't you removed this man from your fellowship? Even though I am not there with you in person— I am with you in the Spirit. Concerning the one who has done this, I have already passed judgment in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are to call a meeting of the church, and I will be there in spirit, and the power of the Lord Jesus will be with you as you meet. Then you must cast this man out of the church and into Satan's hands, so that his sinful nature will be destroyed, and he himself will be saved when the Lord returns." How terrible that you should boast about your spirituality, and yet you let this sort of thing go on. Don't you realize that if even one person is allowed to go on sinning, soon all will be affected? Remove this wicked person from among you, so that you can stay pure. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. So let us celebrate the festival, not by eating the old bread of wickedness and evil, but by eating the new bread of purity and truth. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin, or who are greedy, or are swindlers, or idol worshippers. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. What I meant was that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a Christian yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worships idols, or is abusive, or a drunkard, or a swindler. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your job to judge those inside the church who are sinning in these ways. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you with one of you about this. One of the things I always want to stay tapped into is what stirs my affection for Jesus Christ? What is it that when I'm 
around it, when I'm in it, when I'm with it. It's, I'm, I'm stirred up to think on, dwell on, and walk with Jesus Christ. And The great focus of the book of Romans is become a kind of mind, become a kind of heart, so that as you perceive things in the world, you are intuitively discerning what God would have done because you're a new person in Christ. So, so I think this verse is basically a call to us to become new kinds of people which God has already made us in Jesus Christ so that we spontaneously discern in the moment what's the right thing to do. design of God for the spread of the gospel in the world includes suffering. 
He's willed it. It always has. We know this from Revelation 5. God ordained the suffering of his son for the salvation of the world. We know this from Revelation 6, very next chapter, verse 11, where we see that God has sovereignly ordained a set number of martyrs to be killed for the spread of the gospel. Jesus suffered to provide the gospel. We suffer to propagate the gospel. in you when you are most satisfied in Him. God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in Him. We're reading from Psalm 31, verses 1 through 8. We'll read about foes. David's enemies persecuted him, lied about him, and spread a net to catch him. Where could he turn for help? Only to the Lord. If the hand of the enemy is against you, find safety in the hand of the Lord. We'll read about feelings. David was ill, possibly as the result of his own disobedience. God can use enemies and even sickness to chasten us and bring us back to a place of submission. David's enemies laughed at him, and his friends, well, they ignored him. All David could do was turn to the Lord for help, and the Lord did not fail him. We'll read about faith. The emphasis is on David's faith in the Lord. Because of his faith, David was not ashamed, but rejoiced in God and enjoyed the smile of God upon his life. Isn't that a wonderful picture? The smile of God on our lives. See, David knew that God's goodness would carry him through. 
See, true faith is never alone, for it leads to love and hope, which give you the courage you need to win the battle, whether the foe is within or without. Psalm 31, verses 1 through 8, for the choir director, a Psalm of David. O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be put to shame. Rescue me, for you always do what is right. Bend down and listen to me. Rescue me quickly. Be for me a great rock of safety, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this peril. Pull me from the trap my enemies set for me, for I find protection in you alone. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. I hate those who worship worthless idols. I trust in the Lord. I am overcome with joy because of your unfailing love, for you have seen my troubles, and you care about the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to my enemy." but have set me in a safe place. Proverbs 21, verses 1 and 2. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He turns it wherever he pleases. People may think they are doing what is right, but the Lord examines the heart.